H2Xers, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the e-commerce landscape in Japan and why Amazon is a great place to start if you want to sell in Japan. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Hawkberry and Custom Inc. all have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high value customer relationships. Right from shoppers' first impressions to each subsequent purchase, Clavio will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is Clavio dot com forward slash 2x hi guys welcome 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 to the 2x e-commerce podcast show um if you're tuning in on your podcast um you know app welcome if you're tuning in from youtube or facebook you know welcome this is season five one of our first few episodes and um we're going to be talking about cross-border commerce and I have an expert with me here who pretty much specializes in Japan and not just in launching brands into Japan, but launching brands into Amazon Japan, which I found very unique. Um, Amazon is a 
Bmoth in itself. It's it's massive. Um, it's an alternative e-commerce universe in the internet. You know, if you really think about it, it's it's a portal. Really, if you if you think about it, um, as a marketplace, it's making strides in the markets it chooses to operate in. Um, Japan being one of its early markets, I believe. I'm not going to babble too much. John Kant um, manages a an agency called Rising Sun Commerce. And um, what he does essentially is launch brands into Amazon, you know, um, Japan, and essentially um, helps you successfully sell on Amazon Japan. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome John to the show. Welcome, John. Hi, Conley. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. That's great. It's, it's fantastic to, to have you on here. Where are you tuning in from? Uh, so I'm actually based in the UK. Uh, I'm in uh, Hull in East Yorkshire. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Okay. So you're about three hours from me. Right. So, um, John, um, could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself first and then we, we jump right into, um, into, into Amazon Japan? Yeah, sure. So um, I lived in Japan for five years, which is uh, part of the story that's led me to uh, – work as a um, run the agency that helps brands sell on Amazon Japan and then I've also worked in e-commerce for about nine years as well so uh, about three years ago uh, myself and my business partner joined forces to uh, sell his products on Amazon Japan he'd been running an Amazon private label brand himself for a few years and he was looking at other markets to start selling his products in Japan was on his radar he knew that I'd lived in Japan, so uh, we got talking over coffee one day, and uh, that's sort of how we got started. Sold his products for a year or so, and then um, transitioned it or into the agency side of the business as well. And then we've been doing it as an agency for uh, about two years now. About two years, fantastic. Okay, so let's rewind back to your time in Japan. Um, and then after that, we'll talk about um, your first experience, your, you know, your first project essentially with your partner on, on Amazon Japan, launching private label, you know, brand. Let's start out with Japan. How, what did you do in the five years in, in Japan? Um, were you in business? Um, were you, what, what was your experience like in Japan? Yes. So, um Basically, the, the the root of the story is I met a young Japanese lady who was living in London. <laughs> uh, she wanted to go back to Japan, and I thought, yeah, I'll go back as well. Wanted a bit of adventure, so that's kind of what led me there in the first place. Uh, the first, uh, the easiest place for me to find a job was in as, as an English teacher. So that's what I did, and uh, I worked as a as an assistant English teacher in Japanese schools, in sort of uh, junior high schools and elementary schools. Um, in, in the countryside in, in semi-rural Japan and did that for sort of five years. But um, yeah, it was great. Very interesting cultural experience. You know, I was the only non-Japanese person in the school and um, it's, you know, kids are kids everywhere sort of thing. So, you know, there's, there's, it's not just people that want to learn English, which is what you get when, you, when you're teaching in sort of private adult schools, um, we're teaching in, in, you know, government schools. It's everyone and every, is, you know, you're interacting with everyone. So, it was, yeah, it was a fantastic uh, time of my life. Yeah, it was great. Interesting. So you lived in rural Japan 
you didn't live in Tokyo or um, any of the metropolitan cities. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. So I lived in a, in a small town called Ida in Nagano yeah. for one year. Nagano. And then I lived in uh, Shizuoka, um, which is uh, quite near Mount Fuji. Uh, I lived there for four years. Well, um, what's the pace of life in, in the countryside? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's very similar to UK countryside life. I mean, I live in a small town in East Yorkshire now and it's mm-hmm. kind of similar vibes, really. You know, people do things at their own pace. But you, you can, you know, you could head to, I, I used to go to Tokyo and Osaka and stuff regularly, you know, for the bright lights and a bit of excitement. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. And then how, how, how quickly in the five years, in your span of five years, did you learn Japanese? Or had you already learned Japanese from England? No, so when I got off the plane, I, I could only, you know, knew a few words. I'd sort of studied on the tube and the bus as I was, as I knew I was going to be going to Japan for a, a few weeks before I went. And, um, but yeah, I, 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 it was quite intimidating when I first arrived, thinking, how on earth do I learn this crazy language? But um, yeah, no, it just, you're immersed in it, so you have to learn. Exactly. And um yeah, just chipped away at it, you know. So, so do, you, do, do you write characters? Can you write in Japanese and speak? Uh, yeah, I could. I, my writing got to a, a decent level, I think. Wow. To, to be able to read a newspaper, you're meant to be able to know about 2,000 of the sort of Chinese-style characters. Um, I got up to about 800, I think, at my peak. To be honest, it's fallen. It's going down since I moved back to the UK. Uh, but I can generally decipher what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Super, super interesting. But but don't worry when it comes to the content and stuff of, of product listings, it's not me that's doing it. We got native speakers to We've do it. Native speakers, which, which yeah. you can manage, who, who you can manage essentially. Exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's jump to the first private label um, project you, you were involved in. Um, so you, you met your partner and um, he was selling, um, you know, on Amazon and decided um, Amazon Japan was a good idea. Do you, do you, what, what products was he selling and why did he think Japan was um, was, was a great idea to, to, to launch? Yeah, so he sells in sort of, he sort of baby travel products and these rear view uh, is a mirror that allows you to see your baby, uh, in a newborn baby in a rear view facing yeah. car seat um he'd, he'd been selling those for a number of years on amazon uk um and i think on his seller central panel amazon had been sort of encouraging sellers to, to launch into, into japan which is the the trigger for it popping into his head really and that um coming on his radar um amazon japan it's is it was one of the earliest marketplaces that they went to it started yes. in 1999 so wow it's a very well-established market over there. Um, I mean, it was slower to grow than the US and the UK, but, you know, it's uh, like for like, it's about the same size as Amazon UK now. Okay. So, so what's the opportunity in, in Amazon Japan um, in terms of like population, um, market size? So I could see here there are 126 million people in, in Japan um, we're only about 65 million or so in the UK. Um, it seems double the market, but you just alluded to the fact that it's about the same size as the UK, you know, from an Amazon perspective. Could you sort of um, shed more light there, please? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's right. You know, it's about double the UK population. Um, in terms of e-commerce, it's about 22% of Japan's e-commerce. Um, the other big player in Japan is Rakuten, which... Yes. Um, 
that was very much the dominant leader, market leader, I'd say, for e-commerce. But mm-hmm. over recent years, Amazon's been catching up and um, it seems that it's sort of neck and neck with Rakuten these days as the as in terms of sort of market share. Um, and then the third largest platform is Yahoo Shopping, which uh, Interesting. only Still exists in, in Japan. Japan. Yeah, Obviously, in, in these parts in the US, it's sort of fallen by the wayside, but in Japan, mm-hmm. it's still going strong. And we're talking marketplaces here? Yes, just talking about okay. the, the three okay. major marketplaces. Okay. Yeah. Is there any opportunity for, um, for, 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 for outsiders, non-Japanese, to, to invest in, um, to, to sell through Rakuten, or um, do you have to be domiciled in, in Japan? Yeah, so the reason that attracted us to, to sort of positioning our business alongside Amazon is because that's the easiest place for overseas sellers to sell uh, with Rakuten. Uh, you need a business, a Japanese business, and also mm. on Yahoo, you need your business to be registered in Japan too. Okay. Um, I think there there are, on Rakuten, there are some rules that I think they allow some US sellers to sell, but mm-hmm. as a British business, we're not allowed to sell on Rakuten. I mean, with, I think, about two or three years ago, um, US sellers or non-EU sellers serious about selling in the EU marketplace in the UK had to register business or had to register for VAT at least. Mm-hmm. Are there any tax requirements um, in, in Japan um, retail at the retail level like uh, similar to VAT? Yes. So uh, you pay sales tax at the point where your goods arrive in the country. So before you've sold them. Um, and there is a threshold as well of about a uh, hundred thousand US dollars. Um, but our understanding, the digging that we've done and spoken to a, a tax advisor in Japan, is that that is only applicable to Japanese businesses. So as a as an international businesses, it doesn't seem to apply. Is um, our interpretation of the rules? But we're, we're not tax experts. Disclaimer, sort of thing. exactly, you exactly, know. exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So. What culturally, um, what appeals to the average Japanese you know, shopper who happens to be on Amazon? What does Amazon look like in Amazon? In Amazon, I know I can check it out, but um, from your perspective as you know, um, an expert and a seller, an active seller, um, what does it look like and how does it compare to the UK and the US? Yeah, so... Um Japanese people, they, they like quality products, generally speaking. You know, a lot of the big UK brands, uh, you know, quality, high quality UK brands do very well in Japan. So Japanese people are quite happy to spend good money on quality products. Now, Amazon as a platform is all about value as well. So it's kind of a hybrid of where those two meet, if you like, because, you know, it's, it's very competitive. So there's, you know, lots of sellers selling similar quality, similar types of products so it's very easy to for customers to compare and contrast uh, two different products and then often you know it does drive down the prices doesn't it to some extent so mm. it's it's yeah at the sort of crossroads where quality meets price really i'd say um another sort of factor is um the population density of japan is quite high so lots of people live in big cities apartments can be quite small especially when you're sort of thinking you know younger people that 
that are typically living on their own still, they tend to live in smaller apartments, which fuels people buy less stuff, but they do like quality stuff. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth? Cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'd extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Interesting. Buy less quality stuff, very zenish. Um, so um, you talked about competition. Um, what about pricing? Um, so, you know, obviously in, in Asia, um, in most Asian countries, things tend to be cheap or cheaper because they're close to cost price from for what we're you know what we're paying you know here in the UK. Now in Japan um, is the is pricing um, you know similar to the UK. Um, so if like I was to buy a mug um, in the UK for five pounds, I could pro- probably get that same mug retail for three pounds in China. Um, would it still be five pounds in in Japan or um, even higher, more expensive? Yeah. So. Um yeah, the the prices are more aligned with the US and Europe uh, than they are with with China and the sort of cheaper Southeast Asian countries. Mm-hmm. Um, from a GDP point of view, you know, Japan's the third biggest economy in the world. Historically, its economy has been very strong. I think it used to be the biggest economy in the world during the mm-hmm. bubble years in the early 90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. So prices are generally speaking, you know, they do hold up quite well in Japan. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Um, so over this last past two years, you've been involved in, um, you know, Amazon, what categories have you, you know, successfully um, launched and, you know, continue to sell on Amazon Japan? So a lot of the work we've done is sort of sports, outdoors, homeware, um, done a little bit in the beauty space, um, those sorts of categories is, is where we've done most of our projects. The reason behind that is... Um, a lot of the compliance requirements for Japan can be quite complicated. So if you're selling things like food and drink related products or cosmetics or uh, supplements, the, the compliance requirements can be very um, yeah, complex really to deal with. And that obviously has a knock-on effect of, of creating a bit of a barrier to entry because of the costs involved of getting products compliant to sell in Japan. Um, so... 
yeah, that's that's kind of explains why we've done a fair bit in those categories. Okay. Um, so what do you, so from a psychological standpoint, from a biopsychology standpoint, um, besides quality, do you sell culture? So, you know, for instance, Chinese um, shoppers or you know, Chinese buyers like very European, um, you know, um, products. Do, do Japanese, you know, um, consumers have any similar preference, or do they just care about the quality of, of products? Yeah, so there's a, there's a certain amount of uh, I don't know glamour, exoticness, I guess, to sort of mm-hmm. buy made in USA or European. British products kind of thing um, but also the made in Japan brand is very strong in Japan so that that's sort of what we're but again that's high quality products I'd say so we we, we see you know we our clients they'll highlight the fact that their their product is you know US a US brand or a UK brand kind of thing it, the, the, it's a good thing to highlight kind of thing when mm. you're selling in Japan so then that you're appealing to that audience that does like you know the Britishness or the Americanness of the products interesting okay so let's go more technical um what about um what's a process of you know launching a product um say I have a sports product a so an ab roller for instance I want to launch into Amazon Japan um how where do i start with research um yeah let's start out with research with product research um are there any tools um we can use to sort of assess um the viability of a product in in amazon japan uh yeah good question um a lot of the main tools don't really work for japan in all honesty so um yeah they, they've not really concentrated their data collection on japan so you're left with sort of more rudimentary manual research um so if you're going to do the research yourself you know go onto amazon japan you can use google translate to kind of use your search terms it 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 works well for sort of translating individual words so you know you can use that to to type Japanese text into the search box to, you know, reveal the product categories that you're looking at. Uh, and from that, you know, you can see the, the um, product ratings and get, get a good feel sort of thing for, for if there's similar products selling and, you know, if they've got lots of reviews. And then using the bestseller rank as well, you know, you, the, the pages are laid out exactly the same as they are on Amazon.com or as Amazon Europe. So, you you know, if you know Amazon, you can find yourself, find your way around quite easily. And then it would be to look at the bestseller rank um, to, to determine, you know, if the, if that product is selling, selling well. Interesting. Okay. And um, so once you've determined, okay, um, your, you know, there's, there's potential for a product, um, is, is that FBA for Amazon Japan um, and Prime? Yep. So, yep, okay. it's got both of those things. Yeah, they've got fulfillment centers dotted around the country. And uh, okay. Prime has been been going for many years, too. It's very well established. So, and the process for sending your products into the fulfillment centers works exactly the same way as it does on uh, Amazon I, 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 I was I was going to ask. So, what what is the process? You you have a you know um, a freight forwarder or an agent who you know um, transports it from your factory through to Japan. Um, 
what, what does, how long does Clarence take at the port? Um, you know, you, you, you did mention the import, the, the import tax. Um, how, how smooth is the process um, from factory to warehouse? Yeah, so I mean, there's two main points to mention here. One is um, you need what's called an importer of record or attorney customs procedure, which is basically somebody in Japan to uh, accept delivery of goods into Japan of, of your products when you send in them in. That's something that Amazon don't do. So you need to use a, th- a third-party company to do that, which costs, you know, 50, 100, 150 pounds, depending on how much stock you send in. It's not exorbitant. Um, so no matter what you send in, you do need to make sure you've got that in place because if you don't, your goods get returned and uh, it becomes a lot of wasted money. So that's the the one thing to say. Um, and then from a, a time frame point of view, if goods are manufactured in China, um, then it's actually only 48 hours on a ship from uh, China to Japan. So we've, we've seen turnaround times of about seven to 10 days from it leaving uh, a factory to actually being stocked on the shelves on Amazon Japan in the fulfillment centers. So it's, it's pretty swift. That in itself is, 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 is one reason to get in, given the fact that um, the, the market opportunity is similar to the UK. Um, your go-to-market you know, timeframe is, is really, really minimized you know, as compared to the UK. Yeah, no, it's great from a you know from a cash flow perspective. You turn exactly. your money around sort of exactly. four to five weeks earlier than you are comparatively exactly. in the US or Europe. Exactly. What about reviews? You know, um, so your products up. Um, what do you, do you? How do you sort of build out reviews? So with with normal Amazon, you have tools um, that would help you email, um, you know, clients post purchase. How, how do you go about you know acquiring reviews for for a product? Yeah, so the, the post-purchase email tools, they still work for Japan. So, you know, you can set up a, a, a nice customer message once your product has gone out. You could use insert cards as well, you know, to ask for a review from all the people that buy your product as well. Um, obviously, Amazon has its rules about, you know, what you can and can't do in terms of asking for reviews. So, you know, the, the rules for Japan are the same as everywhere else. So just mm-hmm. need to be careful of, of that. But Generally speaking, you know, Japanese people, they, they're very good at leaving reviews. reviews. Um, yeah. When we were selling the mirrors that I referred to before, you know, one one customer, they, they kind of left, uh, they took photos of the mirror in use and, you know, posted a review. And the review was so good and glowing. It looked like it was like a dodgy review, basically, the way that they'd gone the extra mile to, to post the review. So. Yeah, to put in their efforts. Interesting, interesting. Um, and so, so what's a percentage of um, how, how many in ten um, orders would um, produce a, a you know how many reviews um, come from every ten orders um, you, you get in, in Amazon Japan on average? So we saw review rates of about three uh, percent when we were selling our. Not, Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Okay, yeah. um, then. I didn't even talk about the normal listings. Um, so that I assume would be written in Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you need to, yeah. 99% of the people in Japan speak Japanese and that's exactly. the too. So exactly. yeah, you need to do that. Is, is there anything peculiar in um, the way you frame um, this, the, you know, selling a product um, 
um, it's peculiar to the Japanese market, or would you take the same approach uh, um, you, you would use um, for selling in, in states or the UK, in Japan? Yeah. Fundamentally, it's the same. Uh, the, the, I guess one peculiarity is around uh, the, the the language, the alphabet. Uh, so Japan has essentially three alphabets, hiragana, katakana, and kanji. So for every word, there's potentially three different ways to, to write it. So when you're including your keywords in, in the listing and stuff, um, you just need to be conscious of, of that and then you know, from, from when you when you have launched, you you get to see your your pay per click data if you're running advertising, and you can optimize based on what people are searching for. But um, you know, th- th- I guess there are far more variations of, of writing a particular word or phrase than than there are in English. So mm. yeah, super interesting in with that one. And then what you guys do is you use um, you know locals to to help you. Yeah, so we've got a native staff that do, that do the copywriting, and we we sort of we take a, a an English Amazon listing and and do a hybrid of translating it, but then also looking at the product from a Japanese consumer's perspective, and maybe if there's any slight intricacies of the product that need highlighting a bit in a bit different way, then we we do that too, um, and then also look at it from a from the keyword perspective as well. You know, not just translating on a one-to-one relationship the keywords that are used in english but again coming from japanese to try and get the right keywords in there what about visuals um so what about visuals that have humans would you put in uh, would you change the models to to japanese um yeah we've not a B tested this in any statistically significant way yet. My instinct would be that yeah, probably using Japanese models would increase sales, but I I don't I don't know. We've not. Um, it's it's definitely something worth considering. Um, but I think that's further down the line. You know, a lot of the clients we've 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 only been going a relatively short time, so a lot of the work we've done is around launching new new clients. And they tend to take things steadily and slowly at the start. And then hopefully as, as sales increase over time, then it's about optimizing and, and, and doing those types of things. Would you recommend any listeners who are not yet selling on Amazon to just start off on Amazon Japan? Um, we always encourage clients, if they're not selling on Amazon in the home market, to start selling on Amazon in the home market first. Because um, as you said at the start of the show, you know, Amazon's a beast in its own self, in its own right. And you need to know and understand Amazon. Understand it yeah. on your terms, exactly, in your cultural yeah. terms, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, what about, um, you know, enhanced, um, you know, listings, product page listings, you know, the brand, like claiming, first of all, claiming your brand, uh, I forget what it's called, like brand. Identity. Brand registry. Brand registry, yes. Um does that also apply in Japan? And can you create more enhanced pages in, on Amazon Japan? Exactly, yeah. So you can get a brand store page. Um, interestingly, you don't necessarily need a, a, Amazon, um, a Japanese trademark to get um, brand registry in Japan. From an Amazon perspective, if you've got brand registry on Amazon Europe or Amazon.com, uh, you can add Japan to uh, your brand registry kind of 
whatever it is, registration, I guess. And then and then you get all the advantages that go along with that. So being able to create a, a brand store page, I guess, is the main one. Um, the enhanced brand content as well. Although, interestingly, the enhanced brand content or the A-plus content, as it, it's called as well, uh, it's basically the same thing. Um, that's available to all sellers in Japan. You don't necessarily need well, to. okay. That's interesting. That's that's a good, that. great perk. Um, two other things I wanted to talk about was um, one around the images. Um, so uh, do, do, do like bright colors um, stand out better with, um, obviously I know there's the white background rule with Amazon, um, if it still applies. Um, do, 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 does that apply? Um, you know, do, do you pick specific colors you know um or is is that just a gimmick um again in all honesty i've not a b tested this in any significant way i mean mm. japan has a from a in terms of its web design a lot of the pages are very busy and we do and see a lot yeah we do see a lot of um listings with um heavily annotated text on them uh, so that is a trend uh, whether or not that that turns into sales. I don't know. As I say, we've not A B tested it to, you know, enough of a degree to be able to, okay. to say definitively. And then, um, what about videos? Um, are you uh, are sellers allowed to upload videos, or do you, do you need special um, permission? Yes, as on Seller Central, you can't use videos at the moment on a product listing, but you can use them on a store page. So if you've got the brand registry, then you can add them to your store page and you can run brand ads to get people to see your videos that way. Okay. And then going back to my initial question around, um, you know, taxation and, you know, um, the, the business, you know, set up. Can I, can I with my UK limited company... Um, still um, essentially sell um, on Japan or would I need to, do I need to set up any entity, any separate entity in Japan to, 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 to be able to sell on Amazon Japan? No, you can use your British registered company to, to okay. register for an Amazon account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. Have I, is there any other thing that you think I haven't covered um, with Amazon Japan? Yeah, I think we've done all the basics, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, no, it's 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 fascinating. Um, it's definitely something entirely new to me. I've learnt a ton um, from this conversation, and um, I'm sure you know um, listeners might want to you know um, learn more um, about Amazon Japan. I might want to reach out to you. Um, your website is risingsuncommerce.com. I would link to it in the show notes. Um, but um, besides your website, um, are you active on any social media? What's the best way to to, to follow you and um, you know um, get get um, engaged with you? Yeah, so um, drop me an email is probably the best. Uh, it's jc at risingsuncommerce.co.uk is the mm -hmm. quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. Awesome, awesome, awesome! Thank you so much, John. Um, it's it's as I said, it's super interesting. Um, going into new markets. Um, um, a few shows ago, we talked about Vietnam, about sourcing from Vietnam. Someone's coming over to talk about China. I'm selling to Chinese. Um, you know, um, to the Chinese markets in general. Who runs an agency? in the UK that, um, you know, help brands launch into China. So it's, it's really exciting. And um, with season five of the 2X e-commerce podcast,
podcast. We're, you know, going to cover a lot of cross-border and, you know, it's a great start. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.